Today on Watching Your Wealth, advice for millennial philanthropists. This is Watching Your Wealth from the Wall Street Journal. Now, from our studios in New York, here's Veronica Dagger. Michael Farrell is Managing Director at SEI Private Wealth Management. He's here to give some advice to millennial philanthropists. Welcome, Michael. Hey, thanks. I think millennials, many millennials, really just love to give back. So one of your first tips is to follow their passion, follow our passion. What do you mean by that? Well, I think the hardest decision for anybody is who to give to. And so, you know, there's lots and lots of worthy causes. So what I think is essential is to identify the cause that's most important to you, the thing that sort of aligns to sort of your, your, your inner feelings, right, that, that which aligns to the thing that you're passionate about because that passion will turn into action. That's a really good tip. So if you're um, passionate about helping the homeless, maybe work in a homeless shelter and so on, especially if you're going to be joining a board. I just know from my own experience, I've been on boards where maybe I, I just felt flattered to be asked, but I wasn't so passionate about the cause. It makes it that much more difficult to give your time because maybe you're not as enthusiastic as you should be and the organization deserves you to be. So that's a great no, tip. Nothing worse than sitting on a board with no energy. Right. For sure. So true. <laughs> like, when is this meeting? Okay. Yeah. So next tip is how much do you want to be engaged? You need to be thinking about that. Yep. Set definition and boundaries. So here's the thing. While spontaneous giving can be rewarding and even appropriate in some cases, it's important to have a plan to achieve the maximum impact, right? Some people would prefer checkbook giving. Mm -hmm. Others want to be deeply involved in the charities that they support. And that might mean serving on the board, volunteering for uh, sort of hands-on work, right? Donating professional skills, whether they're legal or financial or accounting, whatever it is, I think it's important to set boundaries. Without boundaries, the passionate side can sometimes open you up to either overreach or not reach in the right way. So spend time defining how it is you want to be engaged. That's true, because you don't want to get burnt out, or you also don't want to feel underutilized. At the same time, I think to your point, your engagement level can change over time. So maybe when you first start out, you're really busy at home, on the home front, so you don't have time to give to the charity. But as you get older, perhaps you do. So I think you can calibrate that based on your own lifestyle. So. I think it's cyclical, too. Mm-hmm. I think you get engaged, you get informed. As you get informed, you find the way that you can exercise or contribute. I think you can become a better philanthropist when you've sort of been planned and purposed and take your time and step into it. Absolutely. So speaking of planning, we need to check out the charities we're giving to and volunteering our time at. So give us some tips on how we can do that. Yeah, so there's, you know, it's so hard, as we mentioned, there's so many different uh, charities out there. So you can find one you're passionate about, but then what do you really know about it? So it's critical to find a philanthro- uh, an organization that demonstrates its impact, and we believe in data and metrics, right? So get smart, right? There's websites that analyze how money is spent by an organization. It shows how much money is spent on the programs and services versus that which they spend uh, on the organization itself. You can do things like meet other boards of directors, meet the executive management, visit the facilities, 
uh, maybe talk to clients or beneficiaries of those organizations. All of those things will inform you whether this organization, which feels like it aligns to your interests, is being effective and impactful in the work that they do. That's great. And you had mentioned websites. I think there's websites like CharityNavigator.org, GuideStar.org can help you check out the charity and find out more about it before you commit. And I think your approach of researching it, maybe spending some time there before you go all in, is a good one. Indeed. Sure. We've about 20 seconds left. Any last tips would uh, can you give us in terms of looking into a charity, getting involved, figuring out how we can help? Well, so I sort of go back and say, uh, it's like anything, just do it. I, you know, and what I mean by that is any level, checkbook, donor advised, family foundations, personal engagement, whatever it is, just get engaged. And through your engagement, you'll get smart, you'll get aware, and you'll get informed. And that will, uh, in turn, help you to determine whether you should be elevating the, uh, the activity that you're given to that organization. Great tips. Thanks so much, Michael. Awesome. Thanks so much. And would you stick around and take our financial version of the Prowse questionnaire? I'd love to. All right, great. You stay with us, too. Hi, I'm Paul Vigna. If you do not subscribe to the Money Bee podcast, you are going to feel worse than a short seller on the day of a big rally. Go to iTunes and WSJ.com slash podcasts. You want to sign up for this one. WSJ Podcasts. Listen ambitiously. Now, back to the show. Now it's time for SEI Private Wealth Management's Michael Farrell to take our financial version of the Prowse. Mike, are you ready? I'm ready to roll. All right. What's the best financial advice you ever received? I think uh, pay attention to your cash flow. Hmm, At any wealth level, spending can overwhelm the best financial plan. So if you don't pay attention to your cash flow, you're probably doomed to fail. So true. Worst financial advice you ever heard? Uh, how about all the advice that I ever received for free? Huh, interesting, interesting. <laughs> you know, the Internet's a scary place. There's be. a lot of pledges out there about get-rich-quick schemes and all the other things. I'd say uh, you get what you pay for, and probably the best advice is turn to a professional advisor. Mm. Fill in the blank. Money can buy. Let's see. The easy answer is probably money can buy you anything. (laughs) Uh, But maybe that isn't really true. What it definitely can buy you is stuff. I guess the question is maybe what you need isn't more stuff. Oh, good point. Love that. Money can't buy. Uh, That's probably the better question. And I'd say money can't buy you success. Mm, So it isn't who has the most at the end of the money game. It's what you did with it that defines the winners and the losers. I love that. If you won a million dollars after tax, what would you do with it? So I guess I got to take my own advice there, don't I? Right? So I'm <laughs> going to pay down my debt and improve my cash flow, right? I'm going to gift some to my family to improve their lifestyles. I'm probably going to invest the balance for future needs. But we shouldn't deny ourselves all the pleasures. Take a little bit and treat yourself. I love it. Great fun. Yep. Thanks so much for joining us, Michael. Thank you, Veronica. And this has been Watching Your Wealth, a production of the Wall Street Journal. I'm Veronica Dagger. For more information, check us out at wsj.com slash podcasts. Thanks for listening.